Okay, hi folks, uh, sports editor Steve Lines here with uh, sports columnist Mike McIntyre. This is episode three of our Jet Cetra podcast. It's three, right? It is the hat trick. <laughs> Where's the hats? They're not raining down, Steve. No, okay. So, um, lots to talk about today, of course, Mike. Um, Fresh off the road, again, yeah. And sitting in the nice chair. I, I just want to mention that. Um, I was on my way down here. I got just pulled to the side and uh, lost my chance to get into that nice, big, red, comfy chair. We somehow need to post a picture for the folks like they <laughs> we, care to see it, I'm right. sure, right? Uh, of you sitting in it's that beautiful... It's more like a throne, actually, at it, this point. It really is. It's very, very lush and plush and comfy. <laughs> you deserve it, Mike. You're a hardworking guy traveling traveling around and... Uh, beats, an a, a beats a seat on an airplane, that's for sure. And I had, I had to sit on an airplane a long time the other day. I do not recommend uh, booking a flight... Uh, home from Vegas to Winnipeg through Toronto, but that's I what I recommend you booking a flight. No, but anyways, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm not quitting my job to become a travel agent. That's for sure. Why the heck were you going? I saved Toronto? the company a little bit of money, How Steve. Much? Thirty bucks? No, it was more than that. And actually, the options were limited. It was either that or like one of options those options are limited flying period. Yeah, anyways, yeah, it was going to be that or the um, like the red eye, the overnight that was going to get uh, leave at like eleven and get home at ten cooler. the next morning and sleep in an airport. So I don't know. I wanted to see Toronto, I guess, for a couple hours. And of course, I had a couple crying babies on the flight with me, like right around me, because that always happens. Do you not have noise reduction headphones? I don't. Oh my goodness, I know. Mike. I got to get them. They're super expensive. I, I got a beautiful pair of Sony's yeah. that were like four bills, I guess. They are so nice on the plane, in airports, in the office. Just pretty much right. anywhere. <laughs> I should throw out a disclaimer because every time I tweet something about travel during the Jets, and I always do it in a comical way just to poke fun at myself, I'm not complaining. I have a great job. I love this job. But people take it that, oh, you know, I get the response, oh, first world problems, or oh, I wish I had your problems. I'm not complaining at all. I love it. Um, I'm just sometimes my own worst enemy. Okay, speaking of complaining, let's segue yeah. right into this. Okay, so uh, uh, people who do fly around in private jets yes. in really nice, comfortable environs and go to you know all the fabulous cities in the world, et cetera, et cetera, and make millions of dollars while doing that, yeah. um, were complaining about? this week or recently that the worst place for them to visit, we're talking about <laughs> NHL hockey players here, folks, is Winnipeg. Oh, shocking. Like, um, that's breaking news to the whole world that nobody wants to come to. I, I live here. I barely want to be here, Mike. <laughs> but um, um, so um, I, I don't really care yeah. what a 20-something NHL hockey player thinks <clears throat> about Winnipeg, frankly. I don't really care what anybody thinks about Winnipeg. I only really care about what I think about it. But so ESPN had a survey, or Emily Kaplan, was, who yeah. does a wonderful job doing this survey. She's a terrific writer. I recommend anybody to, uh, to uh, read her on ESPN. Um, did a survey of different things in the NHL, and once again, it came up among, amongst NHL players that they don't like coming to Winnipeg in the, uh, in the winter. Boo-hoo. Yeah, the list was a Winnipeg, <laughs> Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo. Well, shocking. Buffalo like, okay, Buffalo so. <laughs> would be on the top of my list, by the way, of least favorite I'd cities really to visit. I'd rather not go to Buffalo yeah. than Winnipeg. But well, I did, I, last time I went to Buffalo, I actually didn't even stay in Buffalo. I went in for the game, and then I went back to Toronto. Good for you. Rented Good a car. I didn't even want to stay the night there. Uh, Edmonton's on the list, kind of like Winnipeg. Yeah, um, like, but You can go to the mall there. We have malls. Yeah. But, I mean, let's face it. These guys, when they come to Winnipeg, they aren't seeing much of the city. They are just airport 
drive to the hotel, and let's face it, that's a pretty bleak drive. There's not a lot there to see. Uh, so no. your first impression is, but it's not a half an hour, or forty-five minutes. No, either. it's not. It's not like Edmonton, yeah. where you're outside, or Denver, even yeah. where you're a mile, or, you know, exactly. thirty miles outside the city. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, downtown at night, these it's not like these guys are walking around. But again, what they see usually they're they here. Play video games, anyways. They are, they? and they're here when it's cold, <laughs> and uh, and so yeah, not a huge surprise. I think the fact that um, how do you spell entitled? Yeah. Uh, of course, the San Jose Sharks, a couple of years ago, they complained the Wi-Fi wasn't any good, right? Yeah. That was at the Fairmont. Uh, I'm told they fixed the Wi-Fi there. Um, but, you know, the fact that so many Jets on this team have signed long term tells you that at least a lot of these guys, once they get here and they spend some time here, um, they're not running for the exit at the first chance. Now, a lot of that has to do, I'm sure, with the money that... True North has thrown their way. Guys like Blake Wheeler and Brian Little, Dustin Bufflin, you know, Atlanta guys that came over, they chose to sign long-term here. And then you've got guys like Mark Shifley, Nikolai Ehlers, Connor Hellebuck, Kyle Connor. They've all re-upped Josh Morrissey. You know, they, they've they obviously, they don't hate Winnipeg. If they did, I suspect they'd be telling their agents, uh, get me out of here at, at the first chance you can. And none of them well, have done Well, they've got that. enough money they can go anywhere and fly anywhere that right. they want anywhere. Some of these but guys yeah. do have houses here. Right. Um, yeah. You know, Blake Wheeler lives here. I, I don't want to say he lives here year-round because, again, they do their training and they go on holidays and stuff. But, yeah, a lot of these guys have set up shop. I mean, Steve, you used to cover... You covered the Bombers. A lot of these American guys, they end up really liking Winnipeg, right? A lot of them ended oh, up staying here. There's there's tons of ex-Bombers that uh, came from someplace in America right. that uh, are now living in Winnipeg. And I bump into them all the time. And they've made wonderful lives for themselves. They love it here. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. A lot of that probably has to do with relationships. Like a lot of them yeah, ended up meeting. Met a girl. A, a, yeah. yeah, they met <laughs> met somebody. They get married yeah, yeah. and they stick around. Not all the time. A lot of them just stay here because of, you know, it's a, you know, there's a, they come from a place where there might have been a lot of racism and sure. poverty, et cetera, et cetera. And so they, they they have an opportunity here to make a life for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know people have their knickers in a knot over this and, you know, people do are they? going... Yeah, they do. Like social do they media, again? Just, people are going crazy. Why do you care? Uh, and, and if anything, it shows like we like to think we're these tough, thick-skinned Winnipeggers. We can take anything. And then a survey like this comes along and we, you know, as a collective, this city looks pretty fragile. Yeah, I don't when know people, why we get so upset about it. I don't yeah, know. I um, could care less. And yet, yeah. you know, Winnipeggers are the worst for ripping on Winnipeg, right? Mm -hmm. It's almost like there's this sense of how dare an outsider rip on our city. That's, that's my territory. Yeah, yeah. Uh, only I should be allowed to criticize Winnipeg. So, so having said all of that, Mike, the, the, the one thing, and you're going to write a column about yeah. this for tomorrow. More importantly to all <laughs> this uh, is that um, hockey players used to not like to come to Winnipeg the first several years of this franchise. And last year, the year before, because it was a hard place to sure. play. Um, the team had a really, really good home record. The fans were super loud and uh, made it uh, chanting and made it difficult for opposing teams. Um, that has changed big time. And uh, that's, uh, they need to do something about that. Players should love coming here yeah. now if you're a visitor. It's, mm -hmm. it's an easy two, two points. points. Yeah. Um, I mean, New Jersey just came in last night. Uh, not exactly an NHL powerhouse. Last I looked, New Jersey's near the bottom of the NHL standings. Two points. Los Angeles did it a couple weeks ago. One of the worst teams in the league. Two mm -hmm. points. Mm -hmm. uh, the Islanders, Arizona. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the list goes on of teams that have come into Winnipeg this year. The Jets' home record is abysmal. And actually, if you go back to the end of last season, the playoffs, they lost all three home games at St. Louis. 
something like two out of the last 13 games at Bell MTS, the Jets have won. That's a lot of losing the Jets have done. And, you know, I touched on this a little bit a few weeks ago when we talked about the sellout streak ending. But, you know, if, if anybody's been to Bell MTS lately, it is nothing like it was in those early years. Uh, the atmosphere at times is atrocious. It's like a library. You could, you know, hear a pin drop in there. And I guess part of that is the Jets aren't giving the fans a whole lot to cheer about lots of nights. Um, maybe some of it is just burnout. There's people have greater expectations. In those first two years, it was all about, we got the Jets back. The NHL's mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. This is exciting. <clears throat> the result almost was secondary. Now, the result is everything. And when the, when the results aren't there, I think you're seeing it in the just the atmosphere inside the rink. It's not great. You know, again, I, I tweeted over the weekend when I was in Vegas at the end of the Jets uh, road trip there. To me, Vegas, it's just an amazing atmosphere. It's the best in the league. It's the only building I've been in, Steve, where I have my glass of water or whatever on my table and it's vibrating. It's wow. shaking right? during the game because it is so loud. Now, part but of that... Is this the, cr- is this the crowd The crowd, cheering? but they, they do the... pump the music for right, sure yeah, yeah. really loud. I mean, they pump the music at uh, Bell MTS they sure do. too sometimes. I don't know that that's the solution, though. But just all the, the bells and whistles, and there's a right. lot of them in Vegas. Some people don't like that. They say it's over the top. You know, they, they do the whole Cirque du Soleil. They have the marching band. They have the Knights Court. Just all kinds of really cool things that just add to the overall experience. And again, I hear from people in Winnipeg, they always say uh, there isn't any of that. The True North just expects the product will sell itself. Well, we've already seen they're not selling out every game. I think fans are getting a little bit, yeah, yeah, fans are getting a little bit disillusioned. And one way the Jets could maybe fix that is start winning some home games. They got first hour of a rock concert here. Yeah, exactly. They they got three more home games on this home sand uh, starting Friday night against Vancouver. So we'll see if they can get things pointed in the right direction. But so far, uh, they've been road warriors and they've been uh, pretty weak at home. Okay, Mike, we're back for the second period after that long commercial break. <laughs> By all our sponsors. When are they going to show up? No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> um, so something else that came up on the road trip uh, that, uh, well, it's been coming up uh, regularly, yeah. but it came up uh, significantly on the road trip was that Dustin Bufflin, the AWOL Jets defenseman, had surgery on his ankle and foot, I guess, uh, while he in Minnesota. Uh, and apparently the team knew about it, et cetera, et cetera, and now he's out until at least the new year, and if if at all he is going to come back. And there's the whole affair is shrouded in mystery as to whether the team knew about it, you know, whether they approved of it, right. when, when, whether it was a hockey injury from last year, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What can you like? What what the heck's going on with this? Well, let's go back to training camp when Paul Maurice stood up and told us all there's nothing sinister to right, this. Right. Uh, from what everything that's come up since this entire episode looks pretty sinister. Mm-hmm. Um, I also go back to training camp when Kevin Shoveldayoff stood up there and said this isn't injury related. He said it isn't. It isn't, which okay. is interesting because I think that's going to factor into what the Jets believe versus what Dustin Bufflin's can't believe. Just to lay it out really quick, uh, we know Dustin Bufflin had two ankle injuries last year, cost him half the season. He only played 42 regular season games. If fans recall, he made it back just in time for the playoffs from his second ankle injury. 
believed to be a high ankle sprain, although the team never came out and said that. He played the whole round against the Blues, all six the games. The team never comes out and says anything. They never, right, lower body. The, the fact they even give us that is is nothing short of amazing. But so he plays the whole playoff series. Presumably he's healthy, but we know, Steve, guys play hurt. Yeah. So had he fully recovered? I don't know. To me, he didn't look like the same Dustin Bufflin, but again, he had missed half the season at that point. It's hard to just jump in, you know, guns a-blazing. Uh, but here's where things get... A little complicated the Jets always have on their garbage bag day as they call it when they bid farewell for the season they have medicals they also so all teams do this all right? teams this do is, this, this is isn't a, just the this Jets. Is an NHL collective bargaining right. agreement thing where players have to do an exit interview sure. and, and their health and their physical health is is evaluated and right. talked about in that exit because yeah. uh, if anything comes up, they obviously work on a plan about rehabbing over the summer. That's when right. decisions get made about right. whether guys need surgeries off season. Dustin Bufflin's case, what we know is he never met the media that day. Uh, he bailed on it. Or remember, we all asked for him, and yeah, yeah. we were told he's actually left the building because right. that's what Dustin Bufflin he's left can the do. Country. Right, he just <laughs> marches to his own beat. To heck with what the PR team tells him he has to do. Right. He's He was gone. Right. Um, but he did have his exit medical. And from everything we understand, uh, it was signed off that he was healthy. That there was no lingering issue. There was no plan put in place for what he needed to do in the summer. Certainly no surgery. We do know for a fact that he didn't skate really at all this summer. He didn't skate in that the beauty league in Minnesota, which his agent runs the sort of fun summer league. He didn't really do any training. And we know that he showed up a few days before camp in September, took a twirl with his teammates. I was there that day. I saw him, looked fine, wasn't grossly out of shape or anything. But again, this was a leisurely skate. Yeah. And that seems to be when he decided that hockey wasn't going to be for him this year because we know he went into Kevin Shoveldale's office a couple days later, said, uh, I'm not coming to camp. And apparently he told them that, you know, something along the lines of I've lost the passion. I don't know that I want to play anymore. According to what we know and what the Jets believed, <clears throat> there was nothing mentioned by Bufflin then in September about his ankle causing him issues anymore. Uh, and if there had been, you'd think that the Jets, the course of action would have been to have their doctors look at it. If it was determined that there was an issue, he goes on the injured list. He gets paid like any injured player. That didn't happen. Um, and the Jets came out and said it if was. If that would happen and, and they did, would they get cap relief by putting him on like LTIR, long term injury relief? Right. Exactly. Right. Okay. Uh, and that's if they believe. And they would have wanted to do that. They absolutely, yeah. they would have yeah. loved the cap relief. Right. They still wouldn't have had him as a player, but they haven't anyways. So, right. and if you're Dustin Bufflin and your ankle's bothering you, why would you choose the route? that means you don't get paid. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know the guy's unique and does his own thing, but that's really pushing it in terms of logic that he would opt to not get paid $8 million uh, just because he didn't want to. Right. And the fact the Jets came out and said at the time, it's not injury related, to me, that gives some insight into what the Jets... They didn't believe this had anything to do with his ankle, and it had everything to do with his desire to play hockey. And hence, they give him the personal time and the sure. And they said all the things we're giving him the space right. and his yeah, yeah. his yeah, yeah. personal well being is best. You don't believe that they were just BSing us? No, there because no. again, I think if it was injury related, they would have wanted to get a jump on it. Right. They would have taken the route that. Instead, now it seems weeks later, 
all of a sudden the the ankle injury is back in in the mix. Well, the agent maybe, eh? Right. Yeah. And and now you everybody's got to go back in time. The NHLPA is involved. There's a possible grievance that an arbitrator is going to have to look at. And of course, the arbitrator is going to collect all the evidence, which would include that that year-end exit medical and what Bufflin told them in September and have to make a decision. And I guess this is all about if you're Dustin Bufflin and his agent potentially collecting on some of the money that you've now missed right, out on. Right. And if you're the Jets, I think what this this now puts them in a position where you still can't really proceed as if that money is off the books because if you lose and now you have to pay him retroactively, I mean, what does that do to the cap hit? And I don't know that anyone knows the answer to that. This is sort of uncharted waters a little bit. Um, Nobody seems to have a timeline on how quickly this is going to move. Like, are we talking about a few days of fact gathering and then an arbitrator next week or yeah, next month? That. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's just so all- the league is involved now too because the league wants to protect for sure this this process. If they um, don't, this, this opens up a right, door where a right. player could now retroactively, you know, make a claim. And mm-hmm. uh, and then the other question, of course, in all this, it, it appears that there's a huge divide now between the team and the player. We don't know if Dustin Bufflin even wants to come back to hockey. Many look at the surgery as a sign that he's gearing up for a return, but maybe it's just for quality of life. But even if he is gearing up for a return, he's months away. And even if he were to be able to come back by the end of this season, is that going to be with the Jets? Uh, Does the team and the player look to move on from each other? He's got one more year after this. A lot of questions, not a lot of answers, but it's pretty clear that you know, there's some that's bridges a, being burned. You know, we were looking for identity of the Jets this yeah. year. That's it. A lot of questions, Absolutely. not many answers. <laughs> well, and, and this Jets team, which continues to just take all kinds of hits in terms of injury, many of them self-inflicted. I mean, poor Brian Little is in the, the neurological unit at, at HSC as we speak today. Uh, Nikolai Ehlers hit him in the head with a slap shot last night, 30 <laughs> stitches of the ear. Um, Where was he aiming? I don't know, but th- there's... I saw the replay a number of times, and it's oh, just like, come on, could, what kind of shot was There's that? another identity of these Jets this year, the gang that couldn't shoot straight. Yeah. I have haven't seen a group miss the net as much as these guys do and and almost how fitting it was that another blast wide of the net takes out a teammate uh so you have Ehlers taking out Little you had Lucas Spiza taking out Patrick Laine in practice last week that cost Laine two games you had uh, Anthony Botetto taking out Josh Morrissey in warm-up earlier in the year that cost him two games um, it, it's incredible. I mean, you have Mason Appleton breaking a bone in his foot in Regina, catching Plains. a football. Was it Tra- football? Yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah, trying to intercept that. a pass that right. was intended for Kyle Connor. Uh, you have Sammy Niku and Christian Veselainen getting in a car accident on the way to training camp. Uh, you know, some people almost suggest this Jets team this year is it's cursed. A dark cloud hanging over Winnipeg. No wonder those guys don't want to come here. Yeah, it uh, <laughs> it does. You know, maybe they there's somebody out there with a voodoo doll or something that's. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and, you know, I should note that the car accident on training camp and the Buffalo news, that dropped on Friday the 13th. And oh, no, uh, we're not going to go there. Right. And last week, all the bad news happened on Halloween. So if you're into that dark magic sort of thing, there's some telling signs there. All right. 
Okay, folks, we're back for the third period. Uh, Mike, we call this the Cetra yep. of the Jet Cetra. This is other things. Other anything th- but the Jets. Anything yep. but the Jets, pretty much, right? And so, um, I, you know, another big story this week in Winnipeg, of course, is the is the Western semifinal of the CFL on uh, Sunday, where the Bombers are going to Calgary uh, to play the Stampeders. Um, big game for the team. It's the third week in a row that they've played the or well, the third time in a row right. that they've played the Stamps. They did have a bye week. They they went into Calgary uh, the final game of their season uh, three weeks ago now, and you know played a really strong game against the Stamps and were quite out in front in the game, and then kind of spit the bit in the yeah. in the second half like they'd done a number of times this year. Um, they then beat the Stamps uh, at home. Uh, with the debut of Zach Kalaros as the quarterback of the Bombers on a last second, last field goal, last yeah. play of the game, field goal that won the game. They then had the bye, and now they go to Calgary. We're not sure still at this moment who's going to be the starting quarterback for the team when they get to Calgary on Sunday. I see Strebler was taking full reps in practice this morning. He's ready to what go. Uh, I'd be shocked. I I don't know. I, you know, I just you just never know with Michael Shea, <laughs> uh, you know, what he's going to do here. Um, I would be surprised if they didn't go with Zach Kalaro starting the game. Um, but, you know, he's been so adamant this season, and as Mike O'Shea can be, that this is Chris Strebler's team and – Straveler was injured, and so he comes back, and it's still his team. And so, um, but it's it's a it's a big game for O'Shea too. It's sure a big is. game for this franchise. It's a big game for you know this this could be Mike O'Shea's last game as a Bomber head coach. Um, he doesn't have a contract for next year. Um, if he loses the game, would they want to even have him back? Does he even want to come back? Um, there's lots of lots of questions swirling around this game on Sunday. Say this. Calgary hasn't exactly impressed me in the last couple weeks. No. I mean, they barely beat in a game that meant everything to right. them this past weekend. They had to go in and win in order to get home field advantage, finish second. They barely squeaked out a win over a BC team that was playing for nothing mm-hmm. and didn't have Mike Riley. Uh, 21-16, I think, was the final. So they yeah. they, they barely escaped with a win. Um does the bye week help or hurt the Bombers? I'm not sure about that. Obviously, for the for anybody that was nicked up, it helps because you get that extra week of recovery. Um, but the Bombers, I mean, it, it probably helps that they've they're very familiar with the opponent, as you say. That's that's all they've played in the last mm-hmm. month is Calgary, so it's not like they haven't seen these guys for months and now they're going in cold. Speaking of cold, you see the forecast for Sunday? I have not. High of minus twelve. Well, that could help the bombers. It could. I yeah. mean, that turns yeah. it into that. That could really. Believe I Mitchell. It may not be a, a no, passing I mean, friendly game. Yeah, that could be. That could, that could <clears> be just give the rock to Andrew Harris and Chris Trevler for, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so when I saw, I think the with the wind chill, they're talking about minus twenty three. Like it is going to be bitterly cold in Calgary. If the forecast, they could always get a Chinook, I suppose. Are any that NHL players in. going to Calgary? This yeah. <laughs> uh, is it dirty? Poor guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I saw that forecast and thought afterwards? the Bombers should be doing cartwheels over that because that maybe uh, suits their game a little better. And you're right. I think that if that's going to be the case, we may see more of Streveler 
than maybe some people would like if it's going to be a ground game. I think the best approach, if you're the Bombers, you 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 deploy a, an offensive plan here that utilizes both guys and keeps Calgary on their toes, not knowing necessarily what's coming up next. You've got the arm of Caleros and the the, the legs of uh, of Strevler. Yeah, well, I, I, you know, I was thinking about the fact that they're even going there is some trouble of their own making, frankly. Um, sure. Um, the Bombers were... In the driver's seat this season, you know, undefeated in first place. Sure, Matt, then Matt Nichols got hurt, and and some things started to go a little sideways. And then the team was so determined not to go out, or they claimed that there wasn't a veteran quarterback around, and and so they floundered that down the down the stretch and ended up finishing in third place. So, so now they have to go travel for this home game. Um, if if they lose this game, you know. I'm just not sure where the responsibility falls for this loss, if it is a loss. Right. Um, um, lots of people are talking about O'Shea. Um, I've not ever been a huge fan of the team's general manager, Kyle Walters. Um, I've always felt he's a little over his head, in over his head here. And um, he still has a year left in his contract. Right. And so I think some mistakes were made in that area and not necessarily by Michael Shea this season. Although it, it is hard to argue that they didn't have one of their more, more talented rosters in a number of years here. They did. They uh, Well, you could say that for sure. On paper, it looked like they had some good players. Right. Um, but not make – and with Matt Nichols, that might have it might have been a different situation. Sure. But I still think that that might end up being a key moment is not going on and getting that, that veteran quarterback um, – yeah, I mean, a lot, of, a lot of responsibility. I mean, do you, do you re-sign these guys? Do you continue to go forward? The O'Shea Walters era has been uh, um, said to be a good era because it's often compared to the previous era, yeah. which was a disaster. But it has not been a successful era in that they still have not won a Grey Cup. Yeah, and of course, there's the the thought that if you blow it all up, let's say they don't advance this weekend uh, and you blow it all up, is it a case of one step forward, two steps back? I mean, we know in this CFL, I mean, the Ottawa Red Blacks won a great cup, you know, almost immediately, right? Like you should be able to rebuild. And the guy who coached them to that great cup, by the way, is available. He is. Absolutely. He's um, the coach here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I you, like Rick Campbell a lot, by the way. You should be able to regroup <laughs> and reload quickly in this league, and the Bombers, for whatever reason, have had a, a record of futility in that department. You're right. And then there's the whole question about the quarterback. I mean, none of these guys are signed, right? Nichols, Streveler, and Caleros no, are all free them, agents. No. Yeah. Do you sign one of them, two, any of them? Uh, and Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be giving Matt Nichols $450,000 no. to come back here next year. And no. that's why, I mean, for all the reasons this Sunday's game is big, another reason might be it's almost an audition of sorts to see if you bring any of these guys back. I mean, if Streveler goes in and struggles and Caleros looks encouraging as he has so far see the guy I, you go one, with one thing i will say and i you know I, I i made fun of myself a little bit at, about it in a say what that i did with Wiesek a few weeks ago was that at one point in this season i was sitting with my boss paul simon in my yeah. office and we were talking about the bombers and i said to him that i felt that this football team was the best coached team i had seen in the league in quite some time I felt that O'Shea had really come into his own as a coach. I, 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 La Police, Richie Hall, they're a very experienced coaching staff. They have talent. 
They should know what they're doing. They've been doing it a while. You'd think they'd know what they were doing. And the team looked really, really well coached. They played hard. They played a certain way. They played a they had seemed to be playing the way that Mike O'Shea had been trying to get the team to play for five years here, right? right? Do you know what I mean? And so, I mean, hypothetically, I would not also be surprised if the team came out this week and played that way and really uh, and put the boots to Calgary, frankly, because you're right. Of all years, this is the year where the West is really just kind of mediocre, it is. right? Do you know what I mean? I don't see a, a, a dominant powerhouse, and it would almost be – you know, a perfect way for this season to go now. And just when you think you had it figured out, you know, it goes the other direction. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise <clears> me. Maybe yeah. there's another curveball yeah. or two to come mm-hmm. here. That said, as, as you pointed out, I mean, the Bombers had this in full control uh, through the first third of the season. It looked inevitable. They were going to finish first, host the West mm-hmm. final. Instead, now they got to go win not one, but two games on the road just to get to the Grey Cup. They have their work cut out for them, but... I wouldn't necessarily bet against them. I mean, it just seems like uh, they do have the talent still. And I think there's there's going to be some, you know, as you said, there's a lot of guys playing for a lot of things this weekend. There should be an, a bit of desperation there. And if you're the Stampeders, this is same old, same old, right? I mean, you're always there. Like, I'm not saying they're going to take this for granted. But if you're the Bombers, you got everything to play for here. And I think we'll see that urgency with the Bombers, whether or not it translates into a win. Um, but maybe Mother Nature will provide a bit of an assist with... Uh, I, I don't cheer for any many teams in sports any, anymore. I think we've talked about this before, Mike. But I will say that there's a part of me that really, really hopes the, the Winnipeg Blue Bomber football fans could have a great cup championship. I, 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 re, I There's just, you know, I've been covering the team for 30-some years, yeah. right? I, you know, I was the beat reporter, and then now as the sports editor, you're still covering them and all that. But the fans of this team deserve something. <laughs> Long suffering oh doesn't even God. begin to describe yeah. it, absolutely. Okay, we're back for just a short overtime period. It's uh, three on three, Mike. But well, we both want to say a quick shout out. Shout out. Speaking of cheering for teams, right? I think both of us were extremely happy to see the Washington Nationals win the World Series. And Dave Martinez, the manager of the team, yeah, with the ties uh, of the Expos, with the ties to yeah. the former Montreal Expos, uh, and and had some health issues this year, and and, and just you know, a real real stand up guy. Um, I've watched him in his managerial career since he left the playing field. And he was always a really, really stand-up player, too. Um, I was really a real good team. I was really, really happy to see a really quality team yeah. in the World Series. Uh, I think they were the oldest team in baseball, too. So there's yeah. a lot of guys yeah. there that have you know paid their here, dues. Here. Yeah, there was. Uh, a guy was, like Adam Eaton. like For sure. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, how great, too, was it that... Seven games, seven road wins. That's never happened never, before. Never. It will never happen. Uh, yeah. So that was incredible. And, yeah, I mean, we talked about this on the last Jets, Hetra, about the, the idiot assistant GM who got fired. They fired him during uh, <laughs> but fired the guy during the World They Series, did, right which now. was incredible <laughs> for his his comments about Roberto Osuna. I mean, after that happened, it, they, they just became a very – easy team to dislike and a hard team to cheer for so uh kind of glad I to see them I did take a shot at Justin Verlander in our last you know yes. I, I didn't take a shot at him I said I really envied, envied him. him so see here's it's a, a backhand compliment he was here he came to Manitoba like That's just right. this week him and Kate Upton they, they were did up they were up in Churchill, Churchill. so we're not that bad and if Verlander and Upton exactly will come here, right? so take that uh take that NHL just hockey players quickly since we're in overtime and three on three 
Did you see the overtime last night between St. Louis and Vancouver? Oh, no. No, I didn't. No. <laughs> the most incredible thing I've ever seen. Vancouver, it was a 3-on-0 for St. Louis from their own blue line. Like oh. Vancouver, Tyler Myers, former Winnipeg Jet, ended up wiping out one of his own teammates behind uh, the St. Louis net. The third guy got trapped as well. It was a full-on 3-on-0. And St. Louis naturally scored. I mean, the goalie has no let chance. Let me get this right. You went to the hockey game and covered the Jets, right? Is right. That correct? I didn't cover them last night. No, I, was I know, but you went yeah, to yeah. the game, right? And then you didn't get enough hockey. You went and watched Watched more. some overtime, yeah. Oh, my God, folks. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> That's the kind of dedication Mike McIntyre has. <laughs> that is. Uh, we should just say before we wrap up uh, now, uh, yep. our, the podcast is available everywhere, right? If you depends on where you're listening. World. Uh, Except NHL hockey players. iTunes, Google Play, (laughs) Spotify, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher. Oh, my God. Or our website. So, uh, folks, subscribe and tune in, and uh, we'll do this again real soon. A couple weeks. Okay, thanks.